1: The first semester has already begun in many colleges and universities. The freshmen must have thought college was easy and cool because you have classes only three hours a week per subject, not the usual daily grind in high school, where you were in school from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. But this makes college more difficult. Why? Because the so-called lots of free time on your hands should be spent reading your required texts and even the recommended ones, and reviewing the notes that you took in class. Yes, you must take lots of notes in class since the teacher's lecture consists of summaries of the textbook and examples from his or her own store of knowledge. You can then review your notes, or rewrite them afterwards. Rewriting them is better since you can review your notes while you rewrite them in a more organized fashion. The poet Li Po said that the palest ink is better than the most retentive memory. This is true not only for writing but also for studying. I had a student before who parked himself in class and never took notes, while his classmates did. So what did he get for midterms and finals? He hardly passed the course, but his memory was neither sharp nor photographic. Teachers give you required texts because you should read them. But I find today's students crestfallen at the sight of book chapters to read. How to read these chapters? Even English literature majors balk when asked to read the plays of William Shakespeare, the lord of the language himself. Before reading, put your cell phone on silent mode, turn off that TV or iPad, and lock that door place a blank sheet of paper beside the book you are reading. If you are distracted by a thought, write a fragment on the piece of paper to remind you of that thought later. When reading, use your either way a bird skims the landscape. To get the flavor of the chapter, read its title, its subtitle, the chapter headings, and the summary usually found at the end of every chapter. This will fix a tentative thread of thought in your mind. Do not use a highlighter at the beginning. Engage with the book by writing on it. I like a book when its margins are full of check marks, asterisks, stars, lines, parallel lines, exclamation points, or question marks. That means that the reader has wrestled with the ideas in the book. And only then can you use a highlighter upon reading the book for the second time. Yes, you have to read it at least twice. Avoid being a passive reader by locking your mind with that of the author. You can do this better if you are sitting upright, have a good lamp with the light coming from your right side, and, for me, a hot cup of chocolate. When a teacher assigns group work, Don't use the occasion to be a slacker. There is nothing that groupmates hate more than a sponger, somebody who does no work but claims the grade nonetheless as part of the group. That is why I ask the group members to report to me those who did not help in making the group presentation, oral, and the group paper, written. Slacker receives a zero for the group work. Oral presentations should not be occasions for boredom. Do a PowerPoint presentation. Pepper your report with well-chosen visuals and keywords. Do not read from a prepared text. Learn the art of writing a gist, or a precis, of the work. A concise report can also be substantial. How about recommended texts? If you have taken good notes and read all the required texts at least twice, you need not read the recommended texts if you still have the time. But if the subject is your major and you want to learn more about it, then go. Reading recommended texts will give you a deeper background of the subject matter. These texts can also offer another angle of vision, a different framework or context, for the same topic or subject matter. And how to write that report. The best thing is still to read The Elements of Style by William Strunk and E. B. White. It is the only book you need to read in order to write well. You must also remember the dictum: write in white heat, revise in cold blood. Write keywords, fragments, images on a piece of paper. This is called free writing, tapping into your memory bank, brainstorming with yourself. Then later, organize these stray thoughts into a sentence, and then a paragraph, and, much later, in an essay. Or if you have more time, do read A Reader Over Your Shoulder, where the excellent poet Robert Graves gave pointers on how to be the most stylish prose writer around. This is one of the books recommended to us by my writing mentor, the late Professor Emmanuel Torres at Ateneo de Manila University. My rule in my college classes is this, one sentence must have one thought. A group of related sentences forms a paragraph. And a group of related paragraphs forms an essay when you can already string together a three-page long introduction of one elegant sentence, as Nick Joaquin did in May Day Eve, then you can junk my rule. After writing the essay, you may take a break. Do something that does not involve the mind. I think that means watching YouTube or TikTok. Or even going to the mall. Then, you can return to the essay and begin revising. Afterward, you can use technology and revise by pressing the computer's automatic checker for spelling and grammar. Ten years ago I told my students, you're lucky you now that you have computers. I told my class once, you only have to press F4, and your essays are immediately corrected. My students laughed, and so I asked, why, do you think I'm lying to you? It is so easy to press F4. Until this girl in front of me, who writes the best essays in class, said that F4 is the Taiwanese group of long-haired boys, and perhaps I meant pressing F7.